and you know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and inside my head just like a lot of things so I wanted to take a chill moment for myself and go back to the beginnings of you know this podcast thing and read some poetry because I guess in the last two episodes I've gotten pretty personal and sometimes really sad and I don't know I just want to take a step back and relax yeah just I don't know share some poetry and of course it's gonna be old Richard Sagan I'm (laughs) I don't even know how to explain myself I just love him so yeah I hope Whatever you are, you are having a nice day or night or whatever. And I hope the universe is being kind to you. Because we all know sometimes rough times <laughs> happen. But yeah, my wish is just that everyone is well, obviously. Okay, so there's gonna be background noise because it's 3 p.m. and there are dogs barking and my cat purring right next to me. But this feels like the right time to record this bit. So this poem is called A Primer for the Small Weird Loves and it's obviously by Richard Sagan. We've been through this before. One. The blonde boy in the red trunks is holding your head underwater because he's trying to kill you. And you deserve it, you do. And you know this, and you are ready to die in this swimming pool because you wanted to touch his hands and lips. And this means your life is over anyway. You're in the 8th grade, you know these things. You know how to ride a dirt bike, and you know how to do long division, and you know that a boy who likes boys is a dead boy unless he keeps his mouth shut, which is what you didn't do, because you're weak and hollow and it doesn't matter anymore. 2. A dark-haired man in a rented bungalow is licking the whiskey from the back of your wrist. He feels nothing, keeps a knife in his pocket, feels an apple run in front of you, while you tramp around the mustard-colored room in your underwear, drinking Dutch beer from a green bottle. After everything that was going to happen has happened, you ask only for the cab fare home, and you realize you should have asked for more, because he couldn't care less either way. 3. The man on top of you is teaching you how to hate, sees you as a piece of real estate, just another fallow field, lying underneath him like a sacrifice. He's turning your back into a table so he doesn't have to hit off the floor, so he can get comfortable, pressing against you until he fits, until he's made a place for himself inside you. The clock ticks from five to six, kissing degenerates into biting. So you get a kidney punch, a little blood in your urine. It isn't over yet, it's just begun. Four, says to himself, the boy is no good. The boy is just no good, but he takes you in his arms and pushes your flesh around to see if you could ever be ugly to him. You, the now familiar whipping boy, but you're beautiful, 
you can feel the dogs licking his heart. Who gets the whip and who gets the whoop of flame? He hits you and he hits you and he hits you. Desire driving his hands right through your body. Ash, my sweet, these tornadoes are for you. You wanted to think of yourself as someone who did these kind of things. You wanted to be in love and he happened to get in the way. Five, the green-eyed boy in the powdered blue t-shirt standing next to you in the supermarket recoils as if it repeatedly by a lot of men as if he has a history of it. This is not your problem. You have your own body to deal with. The lamp by the bed is broken. You are feeling things he is no longer in touch with and everyone is speaking softly so as not to wake one another. The wing the wind knocks the heads of the flowers together. Steam rises from every cup at every table at once. Things happen all the time. Things happen every minute that have nothing to do with us. Six. So you say you want a dead bad scene. The knowledge that comes before knowledge. And you want it dirty. And no one can ever figure out what you want. And you won't tell them. And you realize the one person in the world who loves you isn't the one you thought it would be. And you don't trust him to love you in a way you would enjoy. And the boy who loves you the wrong way is filthy. And the boy who loves you the wrong way keeps weakening. You thought if you handed over your body, it'd do something interesting. 7. The stranger says there are no more couches and he will have to sleep in your bed. You try to warn him. You tell him you will want to get inside him and ruin him, but he doesn't listen. You do this, you do. You take the things you love and tear them apart, or you pin them down with your body and pretend they're yours. So you kiss him and he doesn't move, he doesn't pull away and you keep on kissing him and he hasn't moved, he's frozen and you've kissed him and he'll never forgive you. And maybe now he'll leave you alone. you're doing is wrong and the knowledge that the feeling that you deserve the bad things that are happening to you and then the progression of the experiences we we make we have and all the people we meet that somehow manage to shape our conscience and you know the protagonist of this poem started as a little boy in the 8th grade and thinking that queerness was wrong and then he met men and that tried to make him realize that pain was something you had to deal with to experience some kind of love, some kind of closeness and then you become like he becomes immune to to pain he becomes immune to uh, other people's problems and then he meets 
the boy in the supermarket and doesn't think about him but he just just has his own problems to deal with and I don't know I just especially like gambling and like is a morbid way to put it but I it's a progression of our life that's influenced by the people we meet and not we don't get super lucky not every time and sometimes the people we meet shape us into worse person you know like every experience we go through um, changes us a little bit and change change we are forced to go through isn't always for the better and I don't know I just love the words and concept of this poem and yeah this was a primer for this weird small weird loves so I said I was having a chill time and this one's gonna be a chill episode and I'm actually choosing to go through with it and to be true to myself you know and so I'm gonna read another poem and it's called saying your names and I particularly love this one because it I don't know it just conveys a really weird feeling in my head and I actually don't have the world to describe it like I, I, I don't know how to call it but I hope that maybe I can read it in a way that you get the same feeling too so we can I don't know share this unnamed feeling so yeah chemical names bird names name of fire and flight and snow baby names paint names delicate names like bones in the body Rumpelstiltskin's names that are always changing names that no one's ever able to figure out names of spells and name of axes names cursed quietly under the breath or called out loudly to fill a yard calling you inside again calling you home nicknames and pet names and baroque french monikers written in shorthand written in longhand scrolled illegibly in brown ink on the backs of yellowing photographs or embossed on envelopes lined with gold names called out across the water names i called you behind your back sour and delicious secret and unrepeatable the names of flowers then open only once shouted from balconies shouted from rooftops or muffled by pillows or whispered in sleep or caught in the throat like a lump of meat i try i do i try and try happy ending sure enough hello darling welcome home i'll call you darling hold you tight there are no traitors but the lights go out it's dark sweetheart is that you there are no tears no pictures of him squarely a seaside framed in glass and boats those little boats with sails a flutter shining lights upon the water lights that splinter when they hit the pier his voice on tape his name on the envelope the soft sound of a body falling off a bridge behind you the body hardly even makes a sound 
the waters of the dead, a clear road, every lover in the form of stars, the road blocked. All night I stretched my arms across him, rivers of blood, the dark woods, singing with all my skin and bone, please keep him safe, let him lay his head on my chest and we will be like sailors, swimming in the sound of it, dashed to pieces. Makes a cathedral, him pressing against me, his lips at my neck, and yes, I do believe his mouth is heaven, his kisses falling over me like stars. Names of it and names of light, names of collision in the dark, on the side of the bus, in the bark of a tree, in ballpoint pen, on jeans, and ends, and the backs of matchbooks that then get lost. Names like pain cries, names like tombstones, names forgotten and reinvented, names forbidden or overused. Your name like a song I sing to myself, your name like a box where I keep my love, your name like a nest in the tree of love, your name like a boat in the sea of love. Oh, now we're in the sea of love. Your name like detergent in the washing machine, your name like the two axes, like punched in eyes. Like a drunk cartoon passed out in the gutter. With your name with two axes to mark the spots, to hold the place, to keep the treasure from becoming ever lost. I'm saying your name in the grocery store. I'm saying your name on the bridge at dawn. Your name like an animal covered with frost. Your name like music that's been transposed, a suit of fur, a coat of mud. A kick in the pants, a lung full of glass, the sails in wind, and the slap of waves on the hull of a boat that's sinking to the sound of mermaids singing songs of love, and the tug of a simple profound sadness when it sounds so far away. Here is a map with your name for a capital, it is an arrow to prove a point. We laugh and it pits the world against us. We laugh and we've got nothing left to lose. And our hearts turn red and the river rises like a barn on fire. I came to tell you, we'll swim in the water. We'll swim like something sparkling underneath the waves. Our bodies shivering and the sound of our breathing and the shore so far away. I'll use my body like a ladder, climbing to the thing behind it saying farewell to flesh, farewell to everything, cold underfoot and flattened. Names of poison, names of anguns, name of places we've been together, name of people we'd be together. Names of endurance, name of names of devotion, street names and the place names, and all the names of our dark heaven crackling in their pen. It's a bed of straw, darling, it sure as shit is. If there was one thing I could save from the fire, he said, the broken arms of the sycamore, the eucalyptus still trying to climb out of the yard, your breath on my neck like a music that holds my hands down, kisses as they burn their way along my spine, or rain, our bodies wet, clothes clinging arm to elbow, clothes clinging nipple to groin, I'll be right here, I'm waiting. Say hallelujah, say goodnight, say it over the canned music, and you, your feet won't stumble. His face getting larger, the rest blurring on every side. And angels, about twelve angels, angels knocking on your head right now. Hello, hello. A flash in the sky. Would you like to meet him there, in heaven? Imagine a room, a sudden glow. 
Here is my hand, my heart, my throat, my wrist. Here are the illuminated cities at the center of me. And here is the center of me, which is a lake, which is a well that we can drink from. But I can't go through with it. I just don't want to die anymore. Okay, so I guess this is it for today. I wanted to take a chill moment, you know, breathe a little and maybe, I don't know, try to view the world in a, in a different way and reading poetry out loud somehow helps so I recorded myself because that's basically what I do here and I don't know I don't know what I'm gonna do for the next episode or when this one is gonna come out or if anyone's going to listen to it but if you do if you're still here wish you a nice rest of the day or rest of the night whatever hour it is uh, when you listen to this and I don't know just be kind to yourself and goodbye see you well not see you but still next time I'm sitting in my bathroom, like on the floor of my bathroom. I just escaped a mental breakdown and I wrote some stuff in my journal. And it's not pretty at all. But I feel like reading it out loud will make it less real. And I feel like maybe if I put it out into the world then these thoughts don't belong to me anymore. So I'm gonna read my journal entry. And if someone's listening, if anyone's listening, then you're gonna listen to it. And that's how it's gonna be. Sometimes I love it if my thoughts and my feelings were more connected. What I mean is I feel something and think another thing and most of the times, they don't overlap. It's like there's two completely different sides of me. And I have no idea which is the constructed one and which is the true version of myself. Is this even possible? A mirrored image looking more real than the original? It's not that life is bad. I'm trying really hard to be okay. It's exactly that. I feel like being okay shouldn't be a struggle itself. There's that poem that goes, I surrender my desire to be healed. And maybe that's the smart thing to do. How much energy can we really put into trying to be alright before that's not sustainable anymore? It's funny in a morbid way. Because now I'm learning that sustainability is a lost cause that it should be interpreted scientifically, spe scientifically speaking as the knowledge that something is about to change. No more exponential growth and assuring our children have a future. There's no future, or if there is, then it's different than anything we've ever lived through. 
thing is maybe I too am bound to crash and burn and this illusion of the normalcy as being just that, an illusion. I would like for it to be real though. And I guess in the end, we do shape our reality. So why am I struggling so much? <laughs> Maybe I just need a good fuck. Maybe I can, I just need to find, Maybe I just need to find someone I can trust to take care of me because I definitely don't think that I could get it any other way. If I had it my way, well, no, scratch that. I want someone to clearly want me, to want to use me. That way, at least, I'd be a body to someone. Corporeal enough for someone to desire me. Real, I guess. What do you do when you spend all your time wishing to be a background presence, wild and unreachable and blurry, and then you truly get blurry, and then you just want someone to perceive you and make you real, make you true, make your existence unescapable. Sex, to me, might be the only way I know I can realize I exist. And that's a really bitter irony, because I really didn't have much luck in that field either. It used to feel real though, corporeal and crude and gross in all the ways I needed it to be. It's kind of embarrassing how much I still rely on other people to feel like I exist. I need to be perceived and desired because maybe that will make me human. Is a minor inconvenience supposed to make you doubt all your progress? Did I only pretend I was okay? What's the difference between fiction and reality anyways? So I think we all realized that the last bit wasn't, wasn't supposed to be in this episode. It was a edit, post editing, post everything. And I don't know, I just think I'm gonna keep it in there for therapeutic purposes. And yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that.